Oh my god, you're back. Thank god. <laughs> Welcome to episode 308 of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast, presented by Overdrive. This is Jill. Oh, you exist. You're here. I'm back. Thank goodness you're I'm back. back. Um, yeah, doing... People who do a podcast completely by themselves, I get why most of them are like once a week at most. Yeah. Because doing it... Even like you gave me your books for the one, and like I brought Christina in, and I like did one by myself it's just like oh all right well another intro with my voice here's i don't know what nothing has happened guys nothing happened here's my fake intro um you had a lot of things happen though you were in seattle i was in seattle for american library association midwinter conference yeah so we're gonna is that what you called it like yeah it was like well because i actually can tell you it was i was listening to the reading glasses podcast from our friends sure we'll get into them in a minute um, but Mallory, our buddy, said, like, she called, like, she was there, and was, she called, like, the American Library Association midwinter, and, like, she said session, or se- she said something that I'd never heard before, and I was like, Mallory, you don't even know the name of it, come on, and then I looked it up, and it, it was right, and I was like, well, damn it, so, um, but yeah, so that's going to be today's episode, we're going to let you catch up everyone on all the awesome stuff you did in Seattle, all the interviews, and all the fun things, and then we'll just kind of tell people what we've been reading lately, because we haven't done that in a while, so... The floor, the floor is yours. Oh, okay, great. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they heard me talk for like three straight I, no, episodes. Fair enough. Yeah, so I went to Seattle for ALA. I did eight interviews. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, that's. It was supposed to be nine, but someone had to cancel because they got sick. It's not even just that you did eight interviews. Like, I feel like people don't. This isn't our job when we go to those Correct. events. So, Jill did eight <laughs> interviews on top of working like 11 hour days in a booth in a conference pretending to be in a good mood that whole time. Correct. I do uh, presentations at our ALA booth um, when I go to these along with – it's a lot of talking. So by <laughs> Saturday – Saturday was – I did one on Friday, which is very unusual, but we did it before uh, the exhibit floor opened because it was the only time <laughs> that yeah. was available for all of us. But it worked out okay. So did one on Friday for – I'm trying to do the math in my head <laughs> – I think I did four on Saturday. And like three on Sunday? And uh, two on Sunday, one Monday. I think that's right. Is my math okay? I think that's right. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's so many interviews. It was a lot of interviews. It was a lot of interviews, but they all went really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I can tell people what I did, like who yeah, I interviewed. You okay. can talk to them. Yeah, because so, they're, uh, they're not going to come out for a right. long, long time anyway. Some but. of them are in the near future, right? Some of them will be much Oh, later. you're right. Yeah, sorry. Um. So I interviewed uh, Kosoko Jackson from Sourcebooks, um, and who else did I interview? Blake Crouch. Yeah, that was Guys. a really good. That was a, that was a. He was incredible. Really good picture. They were all incredible. Don't mean that. Mean anything else? Uh- <laughs> no, and I think it's fair to say, like we we interview a lot of authors who are, like debut who we might not have been familiar of before, but then we interview people who we are both fans of, and so it's a unique experience to meet them. Correct. So I think you're allowed to say Correct. that Blake okay. was awesome. Uh, Blake was awesome. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Kim Michelle Richardson, her book, um, The Book Woman of Troublesome Creek, which was fun because I grew up, or I went to grad school in Kentucky, which is where the book is set and where mm-hmm. Kim's from. So we kind of, of course, she went to Louisville and I went to University of Kentucky. So that was Ooh, a cool thing. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> Karen Russell, she wrote Swamplandia, exclamation point. And <laughs> she has a new short story collection coming out um, called Orange World. I... Orange World and other stories. I was her first interview about the book. Um, Helen Ellis, who wrote um, 
American Housewife. She also has a new book of essays coming out called Southern Lady Code. She has a podcast called Southern Lady Code where she sort of uh, breaks down, um, you know, Southerners are known to say one thing and mean something completely different. Oh, bless your heart. That kind of stuff. That kind of thing. So she has a whole podcast dedicated to that. That rules. Right? Um, I'm going to start forgetting people. I can't believe you didn't pull up the, the list because it's so many people. I probably should have, clearly. <laughs> Are you trying to go through them in your mind, like, in order I the, on the days? I yeah. am in my mind in order, and it is, oh, uh, obviously, uh, Way Too More. Her book, um, She Would Be King, was the Sarah Jessica Parker book from uh, just a few months ago. Um, Rachel Housel Hall did uh, her book, um, they All Fall Down is coming out soon. It's sort of a uh, updated... She was inspired by Agatha Christie's um, And Then There Were None. Hell yeah. Which is all I really needed to know about yeah. it. <laughs> is that everybody? I feel like I'm missing somebody. Um, Who am I missing? That's terrible. Oh, oh Emily one? Duncan. Yes. That's what I was forgetting. Sorry, Emily. Emily Duncan is a uh, uh, YA author. She has a book... Um, called uh wicked saints which is sort of like a joan of arc with blood magic it's kind of a good way to describe it and we had a very interesting uh connection that i will not go into but um it was very surprising when i met her and we started talking yeah inside baseball that's funny that that's the one that you that you and i forgot i know <laughs> we have this super personal connection that i did not realize in advance of interviewing her yeah that uh, yeah you told me that that was so funny <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's some, and then, and we'll continue talking about the things you did there, but then when you came back, uh, it just so happened that, as everyone knows, sometimes there's interviews that one of us does and the other one doesn't. You did two interviews this week already. And I won tomorrow. You won tomorrow as well? Thursday. You can talk about the ones that you, so you did. So I, on Monday, uh, I interviewed, uh, Fiona Barton, the thrilling thriller writer of, um. <laughs> do like, do like, yeah. Uh, it might not be on the updated calendar. It was rescheduled from Friday. The one you're looking for. Anyway. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so she wrote um, The Child and the Widow. She has a new book out called The Suspect. And tomorrow I am interviewing – I'm going down to board. I trust me on this one. But uh, tomorrow I'm interviewing Alexandra Robbins. Mm-hmm. She writes um, sort of social science books. My favorite of hers is Pledged which is about sororities. She kind of goes undercover into sororities, and now she has one um, out. It's out now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, do, called, you did like that one. I remember that. Yes, called Fraternity. So I'm very excited to be able to interview her. And um, today, Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I got to interview Jennifer Weiner. Yeah, that's amazing. Also the first interview she's done about her new book, <laughs> which comes out in June, and it's called Mrs. Everything. And on Twitter... I described it as Beaches, the movie Beaches, but with mothers, daughters, and sisters, and I may never recover from it, and she totally retweeted me. So. Uh, yep. And when I told her that was me, before we started recording, I was like, that was totally my tweet. She's like, uh, you're my favorite person in the entire world. I love Beaches. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't love Beaches? In the 80s version, I love Adina, but we're, <laughs> we're not going to talk about that one. Man, yeah, you you crushed it. That's There's so many... So many authors. I felt almost bad when you're like I looked and I was like, oh, those are, those are all interviews that Jill are gonna be Jill's gonna be doing by herself. But 
Um, I mean, I've, I, then there's we have so many interviews. Well, still, we should argue about who I didn't interview, but we are interviewing. Go ahead, just go ahead, say it. It's, it's fine. I got to meet in person Mallory O'Mara from the Reading Glasses <laughs> podcast. So she's just the coolest person. Um, yeah. As you all know, we Jill, uh, we talked about this a lot. Jill and I have been on the Reading Glasses podcast before, talking about libraries a while back. And then we just kind of struck up a friendship with, with Mallory and, and Bria. And so Mallory's actually been on the podcast before in October, mm-hmm. talking about horror books because she's a huge horror reader. Um, and yeah, so she wrote her book all about the woman who created the creature from the black lagoon like created the concept of the um the design of it you got no credit because men are terrible pretty much which we'll get into in the interview but i'm sitting there on my couch in the freezing cold <laughs> in uh our hometown now where joe and i both reside actually and i'm sitting there and i'm like two-thirds of the way through mallory's book and i'm like man this book is so good i am so happy about this and I get this text from Jill in all caps. It says, don't hate me. And then it's a picture of Jill with Mallory at Mallory's book signing. That's right. I was so salty. I did that. <laughs> I was so salty, but also so happy for you. But, I mean, we're going to get into it a little bit later, like the books we've been reading. But you and I have both read that one. And oh, her book is, I was like, I tweeted about it. I was like getting teary-eyed about a person I never knew existed, really. That's a sign of a phenomenal author. So I know. It's so good. I was very jealous of you. Uh, uh, that's allowed. You also saw someone else there, too, that we're friends with. I did. Yeah. That was a that was a unexpected one. Mm-hmm. Um, I just happened to be walking. It's, it's only unexpected because it should not be unexpected. She lives in Seattle, Seattle but yeah. uh, it was still unexpected. But I was walking through the convention hall back to our... Um, our booth, and it's funny because uh, David, who is um, sort of our marketing—I mean, he is our marketing—he's yeah, like, <laughs> our director. Yeah, like, he's our marketing director. David and I, because I see her, so I see—I'm gonna be like make this like a big story. So, like, go for it. Yeah. I see this uh, very petite woman in a red uh, raincoat with short gray hair walking past, like her. She's got like cute like bags, tote bags, because librarians love tote bags. Mm-hmm. Walking um, towards our booth, and I'm. But not, like, towards our booth, just past our booth. And I start to follow her because I'm like, I think I know who that is. And then David is coming in the other direction. And we both have this moment where, like, that's Nancy Pearl. Yeah. <laughs> so I um, sort of, like, start to speed up and, and call out her name. And um, and then David, like, magically is there with this phone taking a picture. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I ran into Nancy Pearl at American Library Association. And then I had one of our... One of our library partners uh, emailed me because Ricky, our social media person, put it on, you know, and, mm-hmm. and so Annie emails me. She's like, you met a Nancy Pearl? <laughs> yeah. So I used to do our social media stuff. So it's like this running joke that all of our executives, when they do something, they'll still send it to me as well. and be like, hey, can you post this? And I'm like, I haven't done that for like two and a half years. Ricky's wonderful. She's way better at it than I was. Let her do her job. So David sent this picture to, oh, to, to my to me. <laughs> And I was, so I forwarded it on to Ricky. And I was like, do this what you will. But I was like, son of a bee. It was, it was a total coincidence. It's a huge convention hall. It was split. Well, it's actually not that big, but it was split into two sections. So it felt a lot bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, we were on the good side, though, with all the publishers. Or a lot of publishers. <laughs> that is the best. Uh, 
Oh no, I can see Penguin Random House, catty oh, corner man. from us. Yeah, it was a good, it was a good spot. So it just happened to be that I was walking in our, that direction back to our booth at the same time that Nancy Pearl was walking by. Yeah, so that was fortuitous. Fun. But- I did also have someone I was so I work our booth, and I think it was Friday or Saturday. I don't remember what day. But um, I'm sitting, like, standing at the front of our booth where our little desk is, and I have this guy step by, and he's like, are you Jill from the podcast? Mm -hmm. So, hi, Rudy. That's awesome. Giving Rudy a shout-out. Thanks for stopping by and saying hello. That makes, I always love when that, that makes me so happy when that happens. Like, I mean, a lot of our listeners are librarians, and so I never really think about that. We just see download numbers, and I'm like, oh, people are listening to us. They're like, all right, they like what we say. And then when we go to these library conferences, people will be like, I listen to your podcast. Or, like, I'll be a library director. They're like, oh, I, I listen to your podcast all the time. I'm like, what? Yep. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah. And then you stayed. I did. I did stay. Um, my husband flew out, and we stayed a couple extra days in Seattle. Do you have any particularly fun adventure things that you guys did? We really just kind of walked around. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did go to the Starbucks roastery which is my big thing, which is, like, the fancy Starbucks. Yeah, you did, like, a flight kind of a thing, didn't you? So, um, yeah, so, you know how breweries – So breweries have their brew places where they brew the beer. Um, the roastery is kind of like that. You walk in, and there's these huge vats of what they're – I know a lot of people have feelings about Starbucks, especially now with Howard Schultz, but yeah, I love my Starbucks. I'm just going to put that out there. So I went to the roastery. Um, yeah, so I – they have this, like, fancy cold brew – with when I walked in they were doing taste testing like little samples of this cold brew thing with some like whiskey bourbon barrel like barrel age I don't even I can't remember um so I had that and then uh, my husband showed up and yeah he got a uh a tasting so it was the same blend of coffee but made four different ways so interesting I'm not going to remember all of them. There's That's a French okay. press, like a really cute little mini French uh-huh. press. There was um, a pour over. Like a drip, maybe? No, something called a clover. With the pour oh, over. I know. I've seen I've clovers. Seen clovers. Clovers are like a fancy, I'll let you think of the fourth one. They're like this fancy uh, way to get more flavor out of the bean. Like one okay. out of every 20 Starbucks has a clover machine. Okay. Okay. R- Ricky, our social media specialist, her um, her dad likes to get clover coffee. Okay. Yeah, so it was clover. It's really strong. I think it was a pour over. It was a pour over, which was really good. And then they had it as espresso as well. Mm-hmm. So that was a tasting, but you could get a flight of coffee <laughs> where you had like four different, you know, from whatever brews and blends they had that day, you could get a flight. I would like to do, we should find someone to like sponsor this i would like to do a flight of coffee with a flight of whiskey and just make a flight of irish coffees there you go mm-hmm. who can we get to uh sponsor that? um <laughs> there's you know what we have cleveland whiskey we have we have whiskey we have whiskey people in cleveland we and coffee. we have coffee roasters here that's true <laughs> do some digging here <laughs> that probably won't be a recorded episode Probably not. So Adam was going to record this, and then he drank a bunch of whiskey. It would be somewhat amusing, though. It would be amusing. (laughs) That's true. Um, That's awesome. I was, uh, as everyone knows, I was, like, moving into my house and getting settled. And there have absolutely been events that one of us has gone to, the other hasn't. And it's just financially, it doesn't make a lot of sense to send, like, a ton of people to these. It's just a waste of money. Um, but this was the first one that, like, I, was, I had FOMO. I was like, oh, man, look at those fun adventures. Yeah. But I've never been to Seattle, so. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, 
yeah we just basically kind of walked around he had um, my husband has friends who'd previously lived there so they scouted out some options for us mm-hmm. um and you missed the polar vortex well yeah we got back thursday night uh so we got the tail end of the polar vortex mm. it was very icy in our poor parking lot but um yeah we yeah well i had not the problem is i had not dressed for coming back to cleveland i had dressed for a day of flight uh mm. so we got there and cleveland airport have you ever taken an uber or left from the cleveland airport it's very confusing it's very confusing you have to wait outside yeah that's that part is not great so um i'm pretty sure though that uh my husband after he put in the uber request or whatever he um Wait, like it was just sort of watching yeah. <laughs> the phone until uh, yeah. they, until right before they showed up. Because it's a, I mean, it's not a long walk, but it's not just like go outside no. the door. You have to actually walk down a slight hill. Yeah, there's no heat lamps over there. It's it, not great. It's not great. Uh, so I walked out and I was like, oh, I am not dressed for this. Yeah, love our city. Love where we're from. The ride sharing the ride sharing at, at the airport at the airport could use some work i didn't great. know that at first uh the first time i ever did it i was standing in the departure area yeah you're shaking your head yes and i was like the, the guy's like i'm here I'm like you're a liar and he's like no i'm parked where i'm supposed to be it was my fault well i had done that too um yes and the guy luckily uh texted me and um he, he's like where are you <laughs> And I think he actually did come pick me up once he figured out because it, and it's hard. I don't even know how to put it in because the location, I don't know what the actual location address is. So I think you just like put in Cleveland Airport and mm. they, they expect to pick you up there. Yeah. I That's think you're not right. clear to the person putting it in for the first time. Sure isn't. So he figured out where I was and I think he actually did come pick me up from baggage, which he was not supposed to do because he explained to me on the drive the yeah. whole, how the whole system works over there with rideshare at the airport. That's a, I feel that's something a lot of airports struggle with. Like when you're like, hey, where's Uber or Lyft stuff? And they just point you to a direction. You're like, no, I've never been here before. Right. People, but. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, that was a lot of rideshare information. <laughs> that was way more rideshare information than was necessary, yeah. Uh, okay, so I'll talk about some books we've been reading. Yeah. Because I've also been reading a lot. So just go back and forth. You are welcome to start if you would like. Okay. Um, one, so I... Because of the interviews, I've been reading a lot of um, advanced copies. Mm-hmm. So I just, over the weekend, again, yeah, I finished Mrs. Everything by Jennifer Weiner. It's so good. <laughs> That's all I can tell you. People could, you know what people could do, since there will probably be a decently long wait at their libraries for that? Put that thing on hold Put now. Put that thing on hold now, like Jill did with... Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. I haven't started reading it yet, but uh, <laughs> here's, here's, my, here's my plug for putting holds on books as early as you possibly can. And if your library does not yet have it, if they let you recommend it, do that. Um, I don't remember. I wonder if I could probably look it up. I could probably look it up in my Overdrive account, maybe. I think you... Yeah, I think so, because there's a history of this. I don't remember when I put a hold on Angie Thomas's new book, On the Come Up. But it must have been really early, because Tuesday morning, <laughs> I get a notification that the book is available for me to read. And the library, uh, the local library had put the hold, I can't remember which one it is now, um, only had purchased 17 copies as of yesterday. I mean, they probably have more now, but I'm actually somehow I'm I was curious. in those like first 17 of people. I'm, I'm curious how many, how many our library has at this point. I'm going to take a look. Yeah, I don't, 
No, only 17 copies. Okay. So they haven't bought any more? No. Um, what's the... Well, they also bought 17 of the e-book, of the audiobook as well. Oh, well, there's a long way for those, let me tell you. <laughs> there sure is. So, somehow, again, I don't remember how early I put it on hold, but it was pretty early, apparently. Yes. <laughs> um, speaking of putting holds on titles... So when we do our monthly picks, you and I are famous for putting holds on titles that we recommend before we publish the episode so that we don't have to get behind people in line. And uh, a bunch of mine came available at the same time. So it's like, this is what I've been practicing for because <laughs> I had a bunch of audio stuff to listen to. So um, one that I just finished is An Orchestra of Minorities uh, by Chigozie Obioma. And it's about this Nigerian chicken farmer who meets this uh, girl who she's trying to kill herself by jumping off a uh, jumping off a river or jumping <laughs> jumping into a river off of a bridge and he throws one of his chickens and there's two of his chickens in there to like show her like look how crazy this is and she changes her mind they kind of fall in love and then um, later he finds out that she is a uh, a, a well off she's from a well off family in this chicken farmer guy he's he's poor he doesn't have any family so her family basically looks down upon him and so it's the story of how him trying to you know win their approval but the really cool thing is is it's told through the um his inner chi like it's this is a world that supposes that um you your chi regenerates over and over uh multiple times in the history of the world so your chi maintains all the knowledge from all these different people that they were, um, but you have no recollection of this. So the chi is actually telling the story of this guy to um, kind of a like a judge to determine like whether or not what he does at the end of the book was in the right or not. And it's just a really interesting and unique way to to tell a story. So it's really cool. We talked about it in the January books, but um, I highly recommend it. It's great. That does sound good. It's really interesting. Yeah. Um, so one book that I did not get in advance of the interview is Blake Crouch's Recursion. Guys, if you read Dark Matter, I'm going to tell you, it's so good. I read it in a day. Um, after the interview, I walked, uh, Blake back to, um, back to the Penguin Random House booth and our friend Hugo was there. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Hugo, do you have any copies of Recursion? And he goes, well, they're kind of hidden, (laughs) but for you... (laughs) I, because he, yeah. you know, Blake does. This, they have these books sitting out, but then if the author is doing a signing, they want to make sure they keep they them. They have them. They yeah. have them. So I got a, a copy, and uh, Blake signed it for me. And it's it has to do a lot with memory. Um, and I can't. I mean, and I when he, when he was talking about the book, I think he had a hard time describing it because he didn't want to give away too many spoilers. And I'm having the same time too. Like it yeah. starts a lot with memory. We talk a little, for context, so, like, there's memory. We talk a little bit about the Mandala effect, if that sort of helps you along the way. Okay, yeah. Uh, maybe with a the book. Um, there is a little bit of, um, there uh, similar themes to Dark Matter, mm-hmm. not quite in the same way, but uh, it's just, it's really good. And, again, I read it in a day. That's awesome. Um, yeah, our Pagan Random House friends are really awesome with that. When, you're, when we're in person with them, like, they can't always give us advanced copies of really, really big books, but if we're at an event, they're like, we'll walk up to them and they'll be like, oh, Adam, come here. And they'll like have like a mystery box behind a thing and it's like 
Oh, well, thank you. Very no, much. I got a copy um, of Karen Russell's short story collection because she had a signing right before our interview. And at one point, Hugo came over and he was like, so this is the last copy of the book. Do you want it? <laughs> that rules. Sure. Thanks, Hugo. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also just finished uh, Roshani Takshi's, uh The Gilded Wolves, which – and then I actually tweeted about this morning. She was on First Draft Podcast um, – which I love, and Sarah, who hosts that, is uh, listens to us, and she's really awesome. Um, and she actually wrote a book too. But I re-listened to the conversation because it's so good. But it's basically if you're fans of Lee Bardugo books, it's much in the same vein where it's like a fantasy world, and it's a magical heist, and like there's this, it's like Ocean's Eleven if it was set in a fantasy heist or it's set in a fantasy world. It's so good. The characters are so awesome, and there's this mixture of like. It's all about these Babel fragments, which are like pieces of the Tower of Babel that let you shape and change um, and forge things into uh, out of nothing. And um, it's set in like this French place. So everyone has these wonderful French names and the uh, the narrators have these awesome French accents. Highly recommend it. It's the first of a YA fantasy trilogy. And it it's so fun. It's just one of those books like a few hours in it, I was like, ah, this, I'm just really enjoying myself listening to this. I was <laughs> yeah. like going on, I was like going on long runs and like finding excuses. My dogs didn't even want more walks, but I wanted to keep listening to it. So I was like trying to find reasons to have headphones in. It's really fun. You'll get it. People will blow through it. Highly recommend it. It's great. Um, a couple weeks ago, I had a friend send me a copy of Becoming by Michelle Obama. I had not read it yet. Oh, well, that was one I did not get on the wait list early for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So when it magically showed up in the mail, it was a good, great day. So um, it is a great day. I've been reading that. It's really good. And she's such a wonderful writer. And I love, I more than anything, I just love that she refers to Barack as Barack. <laughs> yeah, it's really awesome. I love those little things. It's just so, yeah, she's like, oh, you know, Barack. Yeah. That's great. But, but she's a really wonderful storyteller and um, kind of learning about her life uh is yeah just great yeah um i don't remember who told me to listen to this or read it but i'm currently about two-thirds of the way through the spell book of katrina van tassel it's a story of sleepy hollow so it's a sleepy hollow story but told through katrina's eyes Mm. and it really died like the first half of the story is all about katrina and ichabod's like love and it's it's so wonderful um Alyssa palombo who wrote it is a wonderful writer. It's so great. Um, it makes me want to have like mulled cider and I really want the fall to arrive. It's very autumnal. Um, but if you are a, a fan of um, Legend of Sleepy Hollow, Headless Horseman, anything in that ilk, it's it's just really good. It's really fun. It's, I love stories that, um, I love retellings, but also just like, it feels really familiar, just like knowing Oh, Katrina Van Tassel. Oh, I remember that. Like, I know these people. I, yeah. It's, I very much, very much enjoy that. And she also definitely has references. Uh, I want to talk to her, even if it's not, like, for the podcast. I just want to, like, talk to her. There's there's absolutely Hamilton references in here that I'm like, hmm. She, like, nice. she Like, she mentions the fact that they ran into Alexander Hamilton. And, like, she re- specifically calls him, like, oh, it's George Washington's right-hand man. I'm like, you like Hamilton. <laughs> I bet. I just want to, like, email her and be like, hey, quick question. You you made a bunch of Hamilton references in here, right? So, um, but yeah, the spellbook of Katrina Van Tassel is super fun as well. I'm very much enjoying that. 
I don't think I have any other books. I've. It's been. I have one more. Okay, go ahead. I can tell you what I'm going to be reading next, but you can go yeah. ahead. Okay, so. Uh, in a couple of weeks, you guys will hear an interview that I did with Victoria Schwab. That was my one thing where I was like, yeah, that's right. I get to do this thing while Jill's <laughs> gallivanting. Um, and now I'm just going to come out and say it. I think uh, Victoria and I are best friends. Um, so when we started recording, uh, it'll I'm going to have to do some editing magic because she and I were talking for like 15 minutes about book recommendations because she loves humorous audiobook memoirs like I do. Um, like memoirs that are all about the comedy world and things like that. And so she was talking and she, if Victoria Schwab gives you a book recommendation, you take that book recommendation. Sure. Uh, so she told me to read Just the Funny Parts by Nell Scoville. Uh, and Nell is a female uh, writer for television. Uh, she created the Spread of the Teenage Witch, like the the ABC and WB versions. Nice. Um, but she also wrote on, like, It's Gary Shandling. She wrote on uh, Late Night with David Letterman. She wrote for The Simpsons, The Critic, NCIS, um, The Bob Newhart Show, Murphy Brown. Like, just ridiculous credentials. And it's really interesting because it, it talks all about her coming up in a very male-oriented area of television writing. Um, and it's it's kind of like... 30 Rock with Tina Fey before 30 Rock with Tina Fey. Like, just talking about all the different things that she went through. And she's also just hilarious. The jokes that she writes in there are so great. So it's a really cool um, behind-the-scenes look into television writing that you wouldn't get otherwise. So I'm about halfway through that, and it, Victoria was right. It's really cool. It's a really great book. So what are you going to read next? You so think? next on my list, so funny story my best friend texted me yesterday uh last night and she goes have you heard anything about this book and she sends a link from an npr um fresh air interview with marlon james about uh, a black leopard <laughs> oh. she's like yeah have you heard anything about this book and i literally reach behind me to the bookshelf um behind me and i pull up an arc and send her a picture i'm like oh you mean this one that i've had an arc of for six months and i've not yet read uh <laughs> It came. It, like, I request. I'm pretty sure I requested it. Um, um, and I can't believe you got a copy. Honestly. It just, it just came at a bad time, and uh, I was like, "Yeah, it was not a great time for, <laughs> yeah, for uh, epic fantasies." But I'm, I'm really excited to read it, and I, I always feel so weird. It, this is not the first time that a book is out, and I'm still reading an advanced copy that I have. Had. I agree. I know what you. No, I know what you it's mean. It's so bizarre. But it's a, for those who don't know, um, uh, Marlon James set out to write um, sort of a Game of Thrones type book, but um, from an African perspective. Mm -hmm. And it's supposed to be really good. I believe it's the first in a series of books. Um, I can actually tell you what, I, I read an article. Okay. So it's, it's three books and it's the same story in all three books told from three different perspectives and you as the reader have to figure out which perspective you believe because two of them are lies oh that makes me so excited yeah now i'm definitely reading and he book. literally and he said in the uh does in, he know he knows okay. and he said and he's like but i just want you guys all to know there's not going to be a fourth book that's like yeah this was what actually happened he's like so he's like i'm not planning on telling you that makes me even more excited so that is 100 percent uh on my TBR, and then it is being sent to my best friend. <laughs> yeah, that is. Um, I am. I got on the holds list for the audiobook of that very early. Um, I'm reading a book right now called The Priory of the Orange Tree by Samantha Shannon, which I'm going to interview her in a couple weeks. Um, 
but it's like 900 pages, so I can't focus yeah. on anything else. Oh, yeah, else. that's a big one. It's beautiful, and there's if you follow her on Instagram, there's all these like writing jokes of everyone keeps sending her pictures of the book like standing up sideways, and they're like, wow, when the book is so big that you can write the name of the title yep. across the spine. Um, I kind of want to joke with her and be like, you could have made this a trilogy. This is three books in here, literally. Um, but it's really good so far. But because of that, everything I've been placing on a hold on, I'm like, I should do the audiobook just in case. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm so excited. Yeah, I don't know that. how I got a copy. I think I requested it from, I think it's a Penguin Random House book. I'm pretty sure I requested it. It's also possible that uh, Hugo and I believe have somewhat similar tastes in books. And so it's, it's yeah. possible he recognized this as one and sent it to me. I honestly can't remember. Yeah, no, Hugo and you are like aligned. And then we have this wonderful publicist named Ellen Wright, who she works for Orbit, which is through Harp. Collins or Macmillan? Hachette. Hachette? Hachette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she and I have similar uh, science fiction and fantasy tastes. So she'll send me books all the time as well that I like, that I get very excited about. But yeah, that, um, the Marlon James book, I feel like that's going to be probably one of the most talked about books this year. It has a lot of hype. I agree. And he he came to Cleveland uh, back in 2015 because he won. um, the fiction award for Annisfield Wolf. Thank you. Is that what, yeah. Okay. Yes, it is Annisfield Wolf Book Award. Oh God, sorry. <laughs> part, part of Cleveland Book Week. It is a right. It is a Cleveland Literary um, Award. Bet you didn't know that Cleveland had a literary award. And it's a pretty big deal. It is a pretty big deal. So yeah, Marlon James came um, for his his uh, last book. Um, it would not. Sh- I mean, I yeah. I feel like this is gonna get. A lot of press. For sure. Yeah. I'm excited. Um, other things you want to talk about? What do you think? Like what? I don't know. <laughs> I haven't seen you in a while. I just, I just want to make, sure make sure we weren't leaving anything out. I don't think we are. Okay. Um, in the near future, maybe next week even, we'll do some PBN reading challenge recommendations because we haven't done any of those yet. Um, I do want to say we have a listener named Tina who has an awesome, awesome book blog called TBR, etc. And she wrote a awesome post and that she shared all over the place. And I know that we shared it too. Uh, she gave her own recommendations for the PBN Reading Challenge. So thank you, Tina. You're wonderful. Um, and you can find those on our Twitter account at ProBookNerds. And then we'll do some next week. So Sounds good. Awesome. Um, cool. Now we, have, now we have next week planned. Look at us. Yay. Okay. Uh, well, as I mentioned, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at ProBookNerds. Uh, you can email us at professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com if you want some recommendations. You can go to our website, professionalbooknerds.com. Um, join our Viber community there. And if you want, you can go leave us a review and a five-star rating in iTunes because that helps people find us. I just pushed the thing on my chair that pushes the chair down with my leg, and my whole chair just started falling down, and Jill is losing her mind laughing at me because I didn't know what was happening. I think that's a good place to end. <laughs> all right, I'm glad you're back, and I hope you all enjoyed this episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, 
and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.